Hello, and welcome back to Bucket List Bums. I'm Riley. And I'm Haley. And this week, we are in Portugal. I've never been to Portugal, so I this is a Haley-heavy episode. We thought we'd level it out since the last series was Hawaii, and that was all me. So Haley will be running the show today. I have been to Portugal twice. The first time I was in Portugal was 2017, so I'm pulling that out of the way back of my mind. And then the second time I was in Portugal was March 2020. <laughs> we all know what happened in March 2020, the global pandemic. That's where we fled. We fled for our lives out Yeah, of Portugal. So, so you were in Portugal when they were like, hey, we're shutting the borders. Yes. And how much longer was your trip supposed to be? A week. And you were there for what? A week. Oh, gotcha. So we were only there for like half the trip. But before we get into Portugal, thought it'd be fun to do date questions. I'm going to ask you just one question this week. Okay. What are two things that we don't know about you? We being us and the people listening. I can say one about the two of us people probably don't know. Okay. We go to the movies a lot. <laughs> I Yeah, I really do like movies. I feel like it's like a small enough escape from reality like you're kind of like I think movies are really cool and how they bring everything together like especially if you see behind the scenes of them like fake falling over and like all this stuff and then they make it look so real so I think the production side of it's really cool so I appreciate them a bit more but yeah we do we have a unlimited movie subscription and we go like probably once a week it's through the regal theater so if you're into it or you're interested in it it's like what, 19 or $18 a month? No, it went up to $19.99. So it's $19.99 for a month, and you can just go unlimited times and you get like a discount at the concession stands. Yeah, you get 10% off, and then like every movie you get points. So, like, a lot of times, like, stuff will be free. And if you want a smaller cup, you just go and you ask for their souvenir cups from the movies that have passed like four months prior, and they'll give it to you for free. And then they just fill it for free. That's yeah. our recent loophole we found. Yeah, the recent loophole. I got a little Puss in Boots uh, cup because I just wanted a little little taste of the icy because their cups are huge and I'm on a diet. And then I took it back and they refilled it for me the next time. So I was like, okay, well, got a loophole. Well, why don't you say something about you while I think about something for me? I think I said this before, but I read a lot. You do read a lot? I read... Mainly like rom-coms because I always know how they're going to end. So I don't feel bad. Like I'm not like sucked in and I can go to sleep. I'm like not up till four reading. I read psychological thrillers too. And a few non-fictions. Haley, help me think of mine. I had like a phase where I was like, what color do I want my hair? So first it started as like a balayage or like more of like, it was when it wasn't balayage. What was in? It was like. It was called something else. The ombre? I think so. It was more yeah. like a harsher line where balayage is more like, like actually yeah. painted in. So I had that first because I was like, oh, I want to go blonde. And then I was like, ew, I hate this because my hair takes bleach really, really well. But it doesn't take it well in the sense of like white. It's like yellow. But it dies really fast because I have virgin hair. <laughs> yeah, so I never liked it. So then I dyed it black. And then I was like, I'm just going to go all the way blonde. And it was just awful because it was not when, like, blonde was good. Like, I could never find anyone that did it well. It was, like, all the way to the 
roots, I'd get highlights, and my hair's like pretty dark, so it just never looked good. It took me forever to grow it out because every time I would dye it back brown, the blonde would show through. And so finally, then I chopped it all off and I had the Dora haircut, as my sisters would say. <laughs> and then I've been growing it in natural ever since, just trying to get the red out. When I would color it back brown, it would then just look like red. So yeah, I'm probably never going to touch my hair again unless I've turned gray. You also, like in middle school or high school, you did that thing with the red Kool-Aid where you would only dye oh, yeah. like a certain part of the back of your the hair. The underneath. Yeah, yeah, I did do that. That was fun though. If I were yeah. to go back, I would do that because it, I mean, it did stay in there forever, but it was just yeah. like a fun little like pop. I thought about doing mine blue. That was the one I wanted to do. I wanted yeah. to do blue with mine, but my hair is blonde, so it definitely would have My hair loves dye like the coolest stayed in my hair like it was only supposed to be like a six month thing or like a four to six month thing mine literally would not, not go away like, i think yours was there for like over a year it was like, it yeah. was they just stayed it's kind of like the blonde you had to cut it out i think uh, yeah i'm pretty sure i did i had to let it grow and cut it yeah so you better be sure you really like the color before well, that's you my color thing. your hair unless i start you start seeing grays in my hair that'll be when i dye it but for now and plus it's expensive so i'm cool mm -hmm. with just riding with the natural yeah so like I said, I was there in 2017 for the first time. So let me preface this by saying I had studied abroad and then I backpacked for four months. This was like the last week of backpacking for me. So like I was kind of at the point where I was like, I'm sick of having my everyday planned. I'm sick of like doing research nonstop. I went to Lisbon, Porto, and then Lagos, which is in the Algarve, which is the southern part of Portugal. When I got to Lisbon, I was like, I'm not going to plan anything. I'm just going to walk around and see what I see because I was just like, I don't want to do a tour. I just want to go. I just want to walk. So I walked around. I walked most of the city, ended up in like some really cool places. I just by wandering. Were uh, you with somebody? No, I was alone. For in 2017, I was alone. So I did Porto in Lisbon alone. And then I was with my parents in Lagos. I will say... I didn't expect this because I didn't research this part. Lisbon is built on hills. It was nuts. Like I remember walking up there with my backpack and like, cause it was like 30 pounds or no, it was pushing 50 actually. And I was like, <gasps> <laughs> I like could not. And I was so broke at that point that I was like trying to save every penny I could. And yeah. I was like, I'm not paying for any of these trams <laughs> or funiculars. So yeah, I'm just going to kind of jump into some landmarks that you can go to in Lisbon. And I think Lisbon is a really good place to base yourself out of if you want to do day trips to smaller towns. Lisbon also tends, tends to be a really cheap city to fly in and out of internationally. So like flying in and out of the US to Lisbon is pretty cheap that way. So one of the biggest things in Lisbon that's on the top of, top of the list of things to see is Torre del Bellum. It is... It almost, I'm going to show you a picture. It almost looks like part of a castle in the water. Oh. And it's... I've never um, seen that before. Is it a castle? No, I think it was like a fort. Yeah, it was. And then it was the last site of the adventurer Vasco da Gama. Da Gama? Do you remember that name from history? Mm, no. Before he went out to like explore the world or whatever. This was like the where they left. The boat left. So this was like the last okay. thing. One of the other things to see, like an area, is the Alfama district, which I ended up walking through here, catching, I guess, a very iconic picture. I had no idea. 
And what I really liked about this area was there was a lot of cafes and stuff. It was a little bit slower, more like sit outside, enjoy the view, take it in. And I'll never forget this because I was sitting at a cafe outside and I was just journaling because I bought a journal because I wanted to remember. The girl sitting next to me knew I was speaking English because she probably saw me writing. And she leaned over and she was like, oh, and she just started talking to me. And I was like, this is so lovely. <laughs> and she said, I just moved here. You know, do you live here? And I said, no, unfortunately, I'm a tourist. I don't live here. And she was like, oh, that's like unfortunate. I was like trying to make friends this way, meeting people in cafes. And I was like, you know what? You go, girl. Where is she from go. the U.S.? Like, does she have an accent? I don't know where she was from. She might have been from Spain. Hmm. Another thing to do in Lisbon is there was like a tile museum. I didn't go to the tile museum. Like I said, I was trying to save all my monies. But <laughs> What do you mean? You didn't have any money. I was <laughs> trying to save my last few pennies <laughs> so I could eat that night. So there's tile museums, but I never went to a tile museum. But I personally felt like I got my fix of Portuguese tiles because they are just everywhere. Like buildings are covered in tiles I really don't think you need to go to a tile museum to see the tiles because they're just everywhere. Yeah. So if you're trying to save a penny here and there. Another thing you'll see on the street, there's a lot of a lot of street artwork. And it's like, they're murals. They're, it's not just graffiti. It's murals. But they are so well done and they're so pretty. So even if you're looking for tiles, also look for the murals because they are just, they're really pretty. They're really wild and out there. But they're very colorful. There is a castle there, not Centra's castle. I'll get into Centra in a little bit, but there is a castle there. It's St. George's Castle. So you can go visit, you can walk the walls of the castle, kind of see the city from above. Also didn't do that because I was broke. But there's monasteries around. There's a really iconic looking aquarium. To me, a big thing to do in the city is people watch. There's like plazas. So there's one plaza. It's Rossio or Rossio Square. So Rossio Square has like if you've seen pictures of Lisbon, you've seen like the really tall column that has the guy with the horse. He's, I guess he's on a horse. He's not with the horse. He's on a horse. It has a fountain in it, but it's basically like this huge square. And you can just go and people watch. There's like little shops and stuff around, but it's very empty. I will say it's not like the Las Ramblas. It's not like, it's not very busy. It's a great place to people watch. What are their main dishes over there? Like, is it very Spanish-y feel? So, there's a lot of egg, and there's a lot of cod. A really? Yes. In Lisbon specifically, or in, Port in Porto too? From what I remember, cod was so much more prevalent in Lisbon and Porto. Like, more salted cod, and like, preserved cod, and things oh. like that. But it, less so on the southern coast, but it's, I mean, everywhere. Just is it good? It is. It's like cod galore because I think it's easy to catch there, yeah. but it's very good. I was looking some of them up because I can't remember the names of them, but there's like a pastry that's eggy. <laughs> <laughs> there is one called the pastel de nata, which is a custard tart. Okay. Yep. It's a Portuguese egg tart. That's why I said it's eggy. Oh, it that. really is eggy. It is eggy. I don't know if I ate that, honestly. I do remember do everyone remember talking it? about it because oh. I remember thinking an egg, an eggy pastry <laughs> can't be that good. <laughs> is it like a cooked egg? Like is yeah, it, like it looks a like a custard, but that's egg in there. Oh, it looks like a cheese. Um, Danish. She's, sh she's showing me right now. It looks like yeah. a cheese Danish. Yeah, but it's egg. Yeah, I would. I mean, I would try it, but yeah, I get what you're saying. And they say the place to go if you're gonna try it is Antigua. 
I'm very sorry about how I'm gonna pronounce this, Confeteria de Bellum. They say that's the original place and it started there in 1837. So if you're gonna go, they say go there. Ooh, they say the secret is in the textural yin and yang between the creamy egg custard filling and oh. the flaky pastry shell. Yin and yang. That area though, uh, I wanna say it is Bellum, the Bellum neighborhood, that's a great place for food and drinks, whether you're there night, day, if you're just gonna eat Portuguese food, that's a really good area to be in. What was the other one? Do they have other seafood, like um, shrimp and, or is it? Grilled sardines. That's another big thing that they catch there and we'll just like grill it up. I'm good on that. It freaks me out because when it's like a, it's a whole sardine, like no, head I, and all, scales, tail, no. the whole thing. I seen a video of my dad eating one of those in London and I, I don't need to ever see that again. Oh, I ate one and it was like, I... They have like juices in them. And there's bones. And it's oh just, God, no. It's too much for me. Another thing to eat there, they say, is the Little Frenchie. The Little Frenchie is a sandwich... They say it's a heart-stopping stack of wet cured meat. Okay. And it includes sausage, steak, or roast beef, and melted cheese, sometimes with egg, <laughs> <laughs> and a thick bread drowned in hot tomato and beer sauce. I mean, it sounds good. What's it look like? It almost looks like a lasagna Why they've does cut it into. Look like, yeah, it looks like a piece of cake. Yeah. Hold on. What's, what's on the outside? It's sauce. It's like a hot beer in tomato sauce. It says it's a sauce-covered sandwich. Mm-hmm. It's a hangover cure. Mm-hmm. Well, with that much and it's Did cheese. you try it? No, I was so broke, dude. I was... At this point, I was so broke. I literally was eating boiled eggs and, like, toast at night. Oh, like, I was broke. It's a lot of seafood there. So, like, seafood and rice, which is a rose de marisco. It's seafood and rice. So basically, if it's eggy or it's fishy or it's cheesy, they're probably doing it right over there. And from Lisbon, you can take a lot of day trips. One of the most popular day trips is to Sintra. And if you look up Sintra, it has this really colorful palace. It's like red and yellow and with blue tiles. Sintra is about an hour, I want to say it's north of Lisbon. You can get there by train. They say, you know, sometimes train tickets can sell out because there's so many tourists trying to get there. So maybe just plan to take an earlier one or I guess if you can go buy the tickets in advance, go do that too. I went and just got mine the morning of and rode the train down there. But once you get to Sintra, you're in this little town. And from the town, you can buy tickets to take the bus up to the top or you can, you know, explore the city. I can't remember if you either pay for the tickets to the castle, like when you buy the bus ticket or when you get to the palace, do you buy the ticket? But either way, me being broke was like, I bet I could walk up to this palace. It was the longest walk of my life. I literally got halfway and turned around and went to go buy a bus ticket. I was like, it was so <laughs> long. So I highly recommend buying the bus ticket because holy crap. I did pay to get into the castle because I was like, I came all this way. I might as well get into the castle. Yeah. But the castle is interesting. It's, there's things to see. They kind of leave it set up in the way it was so you can walk through. And they give you a little bit of history about the people who live there and things like that. And for the castle, you can actually walk around it. There's like a wall around it you can walk on top of. And you get great views of like either this the town or more of like the flat surrounding areas of this town. Also, Portugal, they have main sangrias. 
think that was what I spent my money on was on sangrias because <laughs> they were so good. And you can get red wine or white wine sangrias. Which one's better, red or white? I prefer red, but I'm also just more of a red girl. So like the restaurant that I work at, red is like more berries and stuff like that. What do they normally put in like a white one? Is it more like oranges and... It can be. It seems to be pretty similar though. From what I remember, it was more like oranges or like citrusy fruits. Okay. Whereas, yeah, the red maybe had more like blueberries or something in it, but the white wouldn't have like the darker fruits at least. And then so from there, I think I was in Lisbon like two days or two and a half days. Like I said, this was the last week of my four month backpacking trip and I was trying to cram in Portugal just because I wanted to go see it, but I was running out of time. So I went to, I spent like, I think two days in Lisbon and I think I spent two days in Porto. And I clearly remember that last week being in Europe. I was on seven flights in one week. That's how many places I was trying to like hit last <laughs> second. And I don't know why I did this, but I flew from Lisbon to Porto. You don't have to fly. That's like two hours. <laughs> <laughs> it was because like I was booking so many things at once and like trying to get things yeah. done that the normal side I used to book I guess they just didn't have the buses between Lisbon and Porto but they had flights listed so I was like all right $20 for a flight sign me up like yeah I should have just googled buses to Porto or trains and I didn't I just was like trying to get it all done at once well like you said you were tired of researching yeah point. I was like I'm done and it was like 20 bucks I was like fine whatever yeah but yeah, quick flight up and down. So when you get to Porto, I actually slept in the Porto airport. That was one of the last airports I ever slept in. But <laughs> great place to sleep. So yeah, so let me touch on, ask you a question about that. Mm -hmm. So when you sleep in the airport, like, do you look for options? Like, do some of them have like spaces you could rent for like a bed? Or do you just plan to sleep on the floor? Porto did not. So with Porto, I was leaving like at 5.30 in the morning or 5.00. I was maybe leaving earlier than that because I was like, I really don't want to pay. For a hotel. Yeah, because you have to take like a tram in. And I was like, by the time I do that, like I will only have, you know, maybe four hours of sleep or something. So I was like, I'm just going to go. Once again, I was pinching pennies where I could. So I was like, mm -hmm. screw it. I'm just going to sleep at the airport. So when you do that and you're not on a layover, you're like in the departure area sleeping. <laughs> like for oh. people check in. Now... A lot of airport people, at least in Europe, will let you sleep until, like, people start coming for the really early morning flights. So, like, Would in Barcelona... wake you up? Yeah, so, like, in Barcelona, security guard kicked me out. He was like, you gotta go. I said, okay, fair enough. So, wait, so you can't get through security early? No. So, security opens and closes at a certain time. Oh. So, if you're... I guess I've never been there that early to know that. Yeah. So, and even that, like, they dim the lights in that area because there's nobody working. Hmm. So the only thing I would say to think ahead about for that is like phone charging because a lot of times there's not chargers out there. So just think about that. I will say it was really crappy sleep because I was constantly worried someone was going to steal my stuff. So I was like always half asleep until yeah. a family actually sat down across from me like at two in the morning and then I actually slept because I was like, you know what? Maybe they'll, they'll wake watch, me up yeah. if someone tries to steal something. So yeah, so once you get to Porto, there's like a, I call it a tram. It's maybe more like a little metro thing that takes you into... Porto, I was there, I think, for, like, maybe 36 hours. Like, Oh, really? I was in and out trying to hit. That was the second to last place I went. So I flew home out of Madrid. And from Porto, I went to Madrid. I stayed at a hostel there. Could not tell you where it was. The next morning, I, like I said, I just kind of got up and walked. I was like, I just can't 
plan anything else. I'm sick of planning. So there is Porto as hilly or no? It is hilly, but from what I remember, it's not as hilly. There was one thing I wanted to see, and I knew I wanted to see it, so I paid for it. There is a library in Porto. It's called, I'm going to butcher this, Livraera Lelo? Livraera? It's sure. L-I-V-A-R-I-A space L-E-L-L-O. But this was also supposed to be like there is a cafe attached to it. And it's all supposed to be where J.K. Rowling started kind of putting together the Harry Potter ideas. Oh. Because J.K. Rowling taught in Porto for a while. Hmm. And so that's kind of like where they said she kind of started to draw some ideas of Harry Potter things. So when you go into that library or the bookstore, I mean, it's Harry Potter everything. And you've not even seen Harry Potter? Why did you want to see it? So Dude, I've done a Harry Potter tour and I have never seen Harry Potter. What is wrong with you? I just go with the flow. If someone wants to see Harry Potter stuff, I'll go. But like, doesn't mean I know what's happening. You, you just went by yourself. Well, I went because the library was pretty, not because it oh. had anything to do with Harry oh, Potter. Okay, I actually okay. found that out while I was there. I didn't know oh, that. Okay. <laughs> I was like, Harry Potter. I, was like, I didn't know if that was why. No, did not go to see that. It's very beautiful. It's like red on the inside, but it also has a lot of wood. And there's kind of like stained glass on the ceiling. Very pretty. I did buy a little like notebook thingy there as a souvenir because I was like, no, I'm not going to buy a t-shirt. So. Who likes to buy t-shirts when she goes places? I'm a big t-shirt girl. Because it also just rolls up and goes away. What's the one you got from? It's like I got. Oh, from New Orleans? Yeah. I got bourbon face on shit street. (laughs) I saw it and I was like, I have to have it. So Porto is really nice because there's like a, there's kind of like city on both sides of the river. So you can walk both sides of the river and Porto has a very iconic bridge. So if you see the bridge, you'll know it, but you can walk on the lower level of the bridge. You can also walk on the upper level. I think I walked on the lower level, but they say the upper level has like the best views of the city to see. So I think when you're in Porto, definitely spend time just walking around the riverfront. There's restaurants, there's shops, tile stuff everywhere. (laughs) A whole lot of buildings in Porto are covered in tiles. And cork is a very big thing there. Okay. Because this is where cork comes from. Out of the world, it comes from, like, Portugal. So what, like, what do they have cork? Like, wine? (laughs) Oh, okay. But, like, you can buy anything with cork coasters like oh like souvenirs yes okay. the cork is just it's a big big thing over what there is cork it must be a natural thing right it is yeah it comes from the cork oak tree that's only grown in spain and portugal interesting interesting so the entire world that has corks in the wine is from portugal I think if it's real cork, because you you know like how when you get the cheaper wine, sometimes it'll feel like rubbery. Yeah. So I think that's okay. not, but it says, this is fun fact. The law indicates that a tree must grow for 25 to 34 years before the first harvest. Do they cut it down? How do they harvest it? Um, it looks like they kind of go in, kind of like a sheep. They just shave it. <laughs> it's on the outside? Yeah. Okay. They shave it and turn it into cork. And there's a special person that has to come extract oh. the cork. That's a job over okay. there. Like, that's what it looks like when they cut it off. Like, it's halfway gone. Interesting. For Porto, I would say one thing to do is to go see the train station. Because that has really intricate tiles there. And it's kind of like artwork. It's 
like white tiles with blue stuff on it. I think I've seen that, yeah. Yeah, so it's very pretty. Go see it. You can just kind of walk in, see it, leave. A lot of people will do like wine stuff there. You can even do like boat tours to the wine, like vineyards and stuff. Mm -hmm. I like just A, didn't have time. B, couldn't afford it. I want to know which one you like better between Lisbon and Porto. Like which one's the prettiest if you were only to do one? If I was to do one, I'd probably say Lisbon just because it had more activities Okay. Whereas, like, Porto, to me, was more walking around. Lisbon, I could have, I think, done more activities. It also had Centra nearby, which was a big draw. Porto, I think, is, you can spend two days there. And, I was like, gonna say, going to say, so total, what, how many days do you think Lisbon versus Porto? I think Lisbon, you could spend two days in Lisbon and be done. And then stay longer if there's, you know, towns you want to train to. I okay. think I think even Centra, if you wanted to, you could spend two days in Centra. Like a day and a half, maybe. And that's a small town? With it's like a smaller castle? town. It has the castle, but there's like other things you can go see that's like more naturey. So Sindra has a lot of really interesting artsy fartsy things to see. Okay. And it is a little town, so little shops and things like that. But Okay. So three days if you wanted to like do a day trip and then two days, full days in Porto? Two, and I think that can include like a wine tour or like the boat ride or something. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so in 2020, I went to the Algarve, which is the southern coast with my parents. We were in Lagoche. It's spelled like Lagos, but they say Lagoche, so that's just what we've been calling it. So we came in through Spain, and this was one of the times my dad was like, I'm going to pay for a driver. I think it was called like My Day Trip or something, which is what he booked it through, and he got like a really good deal on it, which is how we ended up there. We came from Gibraltar, which is... UK territory but attached to Spain so if you look at a map that's where we came from we came from Gibraltar drove past Sevilla kept going Lagos is a black hole you will get sucked in you will never want to leave <laughs> it was fantastic I did not want to leave ever my parents were also like well if we could stuck here it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world <laughs> but there's different towns through the Algarve you can go to I think I don't know if it's Faro or Faro it's F-A-R-O, but that's like the capital of that area. And then there's little towns you can go to. There's one, Portimao, and that's like where they say where all the like young kids go. That's where they party and stuff. Okay. I've never, until this trip, I'd never heard of it. I'd always heard Lagos is where you go to party. So. Did you party? I was with my parents. So oh, no. yeah. <laughs> Did not. It was also, we were there in March, so it wasn't like backpacking season. There's a lot of people that winter- there so like they go there for the winter and then they go back the algarve is very if you google it you'll see it's very cliffy there's like straight down and then there's beaches in there but you'll see a lot of caves there's one in particular that's very famous it has a gaping hole at the top it's called benegil benegal but it's very famous and it looks gorgeous in pictures however everyone and their mother knows about this cave when you're yeah. down there so this is the big cave tourists go to. When I was looking it up, I told my mom, I was like, one way or another, I'm getting to that cave. And I ended up not going because the more research I did, the more they were like, it doesn't look like what it does in pictures because there's a line of boats waiting to get in. They mm -hmm. like drive you in, you know, they'll circle around a few times and you're out. Depending on the year, they may give you some time to like get off the boat, get on the sand, take some pictures and leave. You can also kayak in, but once again, they said maybe not the safest thing because you're in there with boats. You can also swim in, but they said you are in open sea, so it's hard swim. 
you can rappel down into the cave. <laughs> so there's every way possible to get into this cave. If you look at this cave, it's literally like a dome with a hole in the top. So how you get out, I have no idea. Like, I would think someone would have to have pull to, you back up. Or maybe they bow out. I don't know. I remember when I saw repelling, I thought, there's no way I can get back out of that cave. I can't go up. <laughs> I can go down. I will say that when I, my sister went in October or November, and she took a picture in there, and, and it was, it looked pretty empty. But mm-hmm. it was probably pretty cold, so. That, and I think they said what they're still trying to do is, like, time the boats when they go in. Kind of like with the Blue Cave in okay. Croatia, where it's like, there's a time where people go in, and then they leave. Like, okay. it's timed. There are caves everywhere on that coast. Like, you don't have to go to that one cave to see a cave. There's, right. They're everywhere. And when it's low tide, there's more caves, because the water has pulled out. But obviously, that means you need to be careful. You might get stuck. It does, but... So, like, the beaches we were at in Lagos, they're pretty far out when the tide goes out. Like, there's no water in the cave at all. Oh. So it's... You're you're not gonna, like, drown yourself. You would know if the water's coming in. Okay. Like, I remember just... I was literally in sand, like, climbing into them because I wanted to. My dad was so pissed because he was like, I lost you. I had no idea where you were. <laughs> like, that's why I also didn't feel like I really needed to go see it because I'd seen caves, crawled in them. There was one beach we went to. Let me find the beach name. It had a gorgeous, like, thing you could climb over. It is Donna Anna, the beach, Donna Anna. It has a lot of stairs to get down to. But once you get down the stairs, hang a right. There's going to be, it looks like this little teeny tiny wall of stone. Go over the stone and you kind of dip down into almost like an alcove. But there's like a cutout in the cliff and the water can come through. So it's almost like you have your own little private, private area. Yeah. I loved that area. That's where I hung out. Lagos is stunning. But when you say you love Portugal, like we've talked about this before, that how much you love Portugal, like what piece of it was the one that like wrapped your attention like that? I really think it was Lagos. It's also like Portugal to me, it feels very laid back. Like they're kind of like, yeah, you know. Okay. We do our job and we go home and we live our lives and, you know, we're family oriented or, you know, we try to make everyone feel like family and... Okay. So, I think some I people just, too. Yeah. And for whatever reason, very sorry to say this, I just don't feel that way about Spain. Everyone was like, you're going to love Spain. You'll be so obsessed. I was like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> but Portugal, I just loved. From Lagos, you can go to like the beach furthest west on the Algarve and that's actually known as the edge of the world because like back when they thought the world was flat that was as far as you could go before the world ended ended yeah before you just like fell off because it was flat yeah they literally (laughs) thought like as far as you could see that was it that's such an interesting concept because somebody had to like be really ballsy and be like you know what I'm gonna try it and I might fall off the planet that's you know like it's interesting I can't even imagine. They're like, it's not flat. I know it. Watch this. <laughs> I know. And that's like... And then not to return for like a year and a half later. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone thinks they've died. <laughs> totally. But... Unless they send pigeons. There's no way a pigeon could find oh, it. No. We were supposed to go from Lagos to Lisbon. And that changed very quickly. I think we left like March 10th or later. So we were like right in that window. 
And actually, we were in Malaga before this. In Malaga, like, a day after we left, because we had spent, like, two days in Gibraltar, a day after we had left had gone on lockdown for COVID. Mm-hmm. So, like, you were like- it, it was following us. <laughs> like, Barcelona started going on lockdowns after we left Barcelona. We got to Malaga. Two days later, they're on lockdown. And we're like, oh, it's just chasing us. We are just... <laughs> They laugh loving. Oh, gosh. So we get a call on one in the morning and my cousin's like, you need to get home now. First of all, my cousin's traveled the world. She was the one who told my parents to go. She was like, it'll be fine. This stuff happens all the time. <laughs> they encouraged my parents to go. I just hear my dad on the phone go, shit. <laughs> and my dad goes, the borders are closing. So all of a sudden... We have to get it together to go home because we don't, at that point when it was announced, it wasn't announced what happens if you're outside the borders once it closes. Right. How long was the window? I feel like it was a couple of days, wasn't it? It was like 24 to 48. 48 hours and that was it. So my dad's on the phone with United because we had flown United and United is obviously now has a four hour wait time. Oh my gosh. I like, can imagine. Everybody's So my calling. dad is trying to just change the flight for free, which is not going to work. And my mom is standing there. She goes, Buzz, just pay our way out of this. She was like, just get us home. So we knew they weren't closing to the UK in Morocco. I was trying to go to Morocco to finish out this trip and be like, I mean, we got another week left. Why don't we just go to Morocco? So they were closing. They weren't closing for every, from everywhere. Only the UK they weren't closing to. The rest of Europe was being closed to. But the UK, for whatever well, reason, why Morocco? Not. How did you Well, because get- my thought was Morocco was dead south. Like, we could get on a boat and go to Morocco the next morning if we had to. But how did you know that Morocco, they were... Because I Googled it to make sure. I was like, where can we go if... Okay. Because my thought was, we got to get out of wherever they're going to close it down. Because if our flight gets delayed going back, and we're locked out at that point, right. what happens? So we pulled it together, I mean, fast. My dad is, like, Googling, you know, cheap ways to get home. Like, working all the flights. <laughs> yeah, He's like, right. if we go, if we fly to Paris, if we fly to Frankfurt, if we fly to, if we fly into Philadelphia, like, if we fly into San Francisco. I was like, bro. So I eventually was the one that pulled the plug. I said, I have us on two separate flights. I was like, we go from here to the UK. Then we're on, I think it was like United. I was like, we fly United to Newark, Newark home. I said, that's what we're doing. So I ended up booking the ticket. I said, the Uber will be here in an hour. Get packed. We're leaving. My mom, by the way, took a shower. She didn't know how to handle it. She took a shower. (laughs) She took a shower and went back to sleep. So we get to the... So wait, it was like a morning flight. So you found out at one and you booked a flight in the next hour and you were out the next morning? Yep. Okay. We had to get from Lagos to Faro because that's where the airport is. By the way, hardly any Ubers. So that was something I was like, we're going to be screwed if we can't get a taxi or an Uber or something. Luckily, there was an Uber, so I went ahead and scheduled him and he showed up. But yeah, it was quite the ordeal to get out of there. It was us and every other American trying to get out. The Canadians, their borders weren't closed. And so they were just, there was a few of them there, but they were like, we were always supposed to leave today. So was the panic like... Was the people panicking or was it like pretty mild because people were booked on this flight so they knew they were going to be fine? I think it was some of both. It was all of a sudden like... Because like my dad in that situation, (laughs) I don't even... There's no words to describe what that would look like. I think the thing that stressed us out the most is we booked through uh, Skyscanner because, I mean, there's algorithms on 
flights on airline sites where it's like if they see things are booking, their algorithm automatically sends the price up. Doesn't matter what it's booking up for. So we booked through Kiwi.com. Oh. And I think my dad forgot to put his middle initial on the payment because his middle initial is on his credit card. So we didn't know for six hours if we had a confirmed flight leaving London. We had to wait and see if they cleared it, if that was okay. Wait, did it send you a confirmation email? No, we literally got on the flight to Faro, like oh. from Faro going to London, not knowing <laughs> if we had a flight home from London. Well, you probably would have got something from there, but yeah. Which was funny because apparently there's a lot of kids on spring break in Europe. So it was like a bunch oh, yeah, of teenagers definitely. first class whose parents were just like, get home. So there was a lot of teenagers in first class. <laughs> we were not in first class. Yeah, so we went to London, we spent the night in London, and then we had a flight out the next morning, but there was a ton of Americans in London, and they were all like, we flew to London because we thought if we get caught, at least they're not shutting the borders to the UK yet. The airports had no concern over COVID whatsoever. They were just like, it was a normal day, no Um, extra security methods. I mean, I feel like prior to COVID, no one really knew what COVID life was like as far as precautions, and like I said, like I was on a plane a week before yeah. shutdown or so maybe like a, might have been two weeks before and then there was a week in between and then then no shutdown yeah. but people were like oh like we'll wipe the seat down with something but yeah other than that like you know i think the other thing that i kind of forgotten about till just now was one of the things that they had said they were going to do is when the borders were closing is only certain airports would take international flights So getting back in was going to be harder either way because it's like now they only had, I think it was like seven airports at the time that were going to take international flights. Was it like Atlanta, New York? Atlanta, New York, Philly, I think like San Francisco, LA, Mm -hmm. and then like maybe Dallas or something. And I was like, how are you going to get all these people who are still stuck over there? And I remember reading an article like three or four months after that, that they were like, there are people still stuck in Morocco trying to get out. Like Americans still stuck in Morocco trying to get out. Oh my gosh. So that's why I was wondering, like, if you would have just gotten stuck and had to, like, live there for COVID time. I don't know. I don't know. The hotel was, like, 20 bucks a night. It really wasn't bad. So we were like, I was like, this isn't the worst place in the world to be. Well, when you landed, was the, like, um, custom or whatever. Nope. No, they didn't care. It wasn't bad? It wasn't backed up or anything? Mm Mm-mm. Oh. Nothing. But, you know, 24 hours later, 12 hours later, when the borders officially closed, like, that was when it got bad. Okay, because I was going to say, like, the news from what I saw was just, like, crazy. No, we had just, like, beaten that. Because those were people coming in after the borders had closed. So oh. that meant all those flights, by the way, that had to be redirected that weren't flying into, like, those seven. That's why part of it was so chaotic. Because they were like, well, we weren't supposed to fly into Philly. You know, we were supposed to fly into, like, I don't know, Detroit. Yeah. But all of a sudden, they weren't taking flights. So they were like... Oh, now where do we go? So people were like flying into Canada to drive across the border. <laughs> that was another thought was what we had was, I guess we'll fly to like Toronto right. <laughs> and figure it out. Like, yeah. Cause yeah, it was such a, such a mess. 10 out of 10 would recommend Portugal though. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd go back. Absolutely. I'd go back a third time. Would you go somewhere different or would you stick to kind of that area? Um, like, is there somewhere else on your list? I think with Portugal as a whole, As long as I'm on the coastline, I can't imagine it being bad. Yeah. So I don't think there's a specific area. I just think Lagos is like the bomb.com. So I would automatically go back to the Algarve. But I would go back to Lisbon. I don't know if I would go back to Lisbon to kind of refresh my memory of what it was like. Maybe do more of the tours and maybe I would feel different about it. Portugal, I would say, was up and coming. 
now it's here and it's gotten very expensive from the research I've done. It's up there in price now. I haven't been, but it's on my list. I've seen cheap flights from the East Coast there, but yeah, I haven't looked into anything other than that. There's a lot of cheap flights that go out in the off season, but it's mm -hmm. beachy, so it's almost like how far off of the off season do you want to be? But in March, it was warm enough to be on a beach in the South Park. Oh, that's good to know. Like, I remember being in London and we were freezing. I mean, like, freezing. Because you didn't have the right clothes. Well, we didn't have it, but it was also, like, even Londoners were cold. They were like, this is cold for us. Oh. And I was sunburned. <laughs> I was like, so, I was like, I mean, 12 hours ago, I was literally asleep on a beach. And now yeah. I'm fleeing a country to get back to my own. Like. Interesting, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, have you heard anything about, like, do they have sh good shoulder seasons, like October? Or are they pretty warm at that point, too? I would say yes, simply because they are, like I said, further south. Like, it's very easy to get to Morocco from those areas. So, having been there in the shoulder season, it's not going to, like, the water's not that warm. But, like, my experience in Europe is the water's never that warm. Yeah, same. But no, like there's people out on the beach. There's people like in shorts and crop tops and stuff. So I definitely think the shoulder season is worth it. Probably okay. not as hot as it is in July or expensive. Yeah. Yeah, Europe in the summer is almost not even worth it. Honest, in my opinion. Like in the dead of July, it's like, unless you're like on the coast, but if you're not on a coast, I still the amount of people that are there, like it's just. European summers, like, it's just, like, oh, romanticized, like, beyond belief. And then you've got, like, thousands of people in one place at one time. I will say the worst is when you're in cities that have cruises. Because it's, yeah. like, not only is it tourists, it's tourists, like... In large, like, amounts at one time. It's, like, thousands of people being dropped off. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's, like, slowed down again at night because they're gone. Well, and they're on the tours with, and like... they all the, wear, like, like, stickers. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Bucket List Bums Pod, Bums with a Z. I think we said this in our first episode. Wanted to reiterate this though. When we post our content, we don't edit the pictures, we don't edit the videos. What the videos are showing is what we saw. Like, that was something I think we wanted to do in the beginning was not change anyone's expectations. Like, maybe not to make a place look greener than it is or like in the fall more orange or like more blue the water or anything we also didn't want to set you up and then make you feel like it didn't live up to your expectations like just seeing it as it is follow us on spotify and apple podcast rate and leave a comment it really really helps us out you guys especially if you follow us and leave us likes that really really helps us out not sure what the next episode will be, but we will have one. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.